this is the Fearless Fathers Podcast, a podcast for you, the fathers who suffer in silence every single day. Come with us as we hit those main topics that are just burning through your soul. It's going to get uncomfortable, it's going to be fun, and together we will become fearless. Hello again and welcome all our fearless family here to the next episode of the Fearless Fathers Podcast. It's Thursday, so you know what that means. It means we have another interview. It's Davo here. Today, we have a very, very cool guest on the Fearless Fathers podcast with us, Mr. Stephen Vol, who's pretty much done anything and everything that you can imagine, or at least I could imagine as a father. He is currently working on becoming a cognitive behavioral coach, uh, using his talents and his past on what he's learned in his business experiences and traveling the world to help others. Stephen's working not just to only be the role of the dad, but building a relationship as a dad which we're going to get into a lot more in today's episode on the differences between the two of those. So, Steve, brother, I want to thank you very much for being on the show with us today. And uh, tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, if there's anything I missed. Hey, Dave. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And um, yeah, it's a first, so I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. I have had a lot of blessings in my life, and I've gotten to travel. I have about 10 years of business experience where I got to work from, you know, waiting tables and busting them to up to director level positions in a multinational prepaid cards company, which was fun. Now I've kind of settled into what am I really looking for in life? I'm not so sure I want to keep making money for other people. So I'm starting off on my own here. That's amazing. And I, I always love the jump from entrepreneurship when you're working, like you said, making money for other people. It, it's almost like a freeing experience in a way. Yeah, I, I just like to own the process. You know, I still enjoy what I do and I want to continue growing that in a way that serves others and, you know, still fulfilling at the same time. I love it. There's going to be a lot of great stuff here today. I'm really super stoked about having Steve on here and the experiences you've had and everything, things that you've done and things that you're currently doing. And being in the entrepreneurial world, it's definitely not an easy task by any means. And it takes a certain mindset to really, really combat that. And I know we're going to go into that a little bit more today, but kicking it off fearless fire style, the number one question on everybody's mind, what is something funny that one of your kids did recently? <laughs> that could be a long list. Uh, my daughter's quite a character. I, I've always kind of had a teasing streak and she's been really good at always giving it back to me. So one fun thing that happened the other day was I found a garter snake over at my parents' house. We were at grandpa and grandma's and just walking across the lawn. She was fairy princess Genevieve. I don't know why. And I was John for some reason. So we uh, <laughs> ran across a garter snake. Obviously I had to catch it and picked it up and showed it to her. And she was psyched. And then I'm like, well, let's go show grandma and mommy. And then she went from being psyched about it to being freaked out about it. Cause my, my mom hates snakes. And it's just funny, the power of suggestion, you know, going from, oh, cool, a garter snake. We found a snake. That's so cool. I wonder if it's magic or whatever, you know, because we're deep yeah. in fairyland at that moment. And then, you know, to, oh, my gosh, it's a stinky snake because it got really stinky. <laughs> pick them up and stuff. That was fun. It's like wearing the different hat between dad being the cool dad, like, oh, cool snake. It's awesome. And then, like, switching that hat over, like, no, 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 disgusting. Ew, yucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny how our brains can just do that switch automatically it really is it's it's really cool and i know i know we're probably going to hit a little bit into that as well too as we hit on to the show 
So one thing I wanted to really, really ask you, uh, just from talking back and forth and just kind of seeing everything that you've done and where you've been and really how things have shaped you being, like you said, uh, you know, waiter, busser, all the way to director level. What three words would you say that describe your parenting style and how did you really come to form that style? If I were to say that now, firstly, just loving and then present and forgiving. Sometimes and in the past, I've tried to be just present. And if I get these three out of order, it, it doesn't really work for me. I found I'm really big into order. And so, you know, first off, I just have to be a loving parent for her. She's got to know that no matter what, I'll be there, whether, um, and I say this a lot to her, even if I'm upset and, or disciplining you or, you know, whatever it is where the loving aspect of it may not seem like it's there. It's like, if I'm mad at you, that doesn't mean I don't love you. I still love you. If I'm correcting you, it's out of love for you so that we, you know, we can keep building our relationship in its you know proper order the way it's supposed to be and then after that present just be there you guys know and everybody who's a dad knows all the different directions we get pulled in for me i'm not a big talker often (laughs) seems uh (laughs) counterintuitive being on a podcast but generally i'm not a big talker i like to just sit in silence you know listen to some smooth jazz at the end of the day but if she's there by my side that's moment of presence that I can just be with her. She's reading a book. I'll just be chilling or, you know what? She'll ask me to read the book, but I'm there. And I think that's a big thing. And then the third thing for me, forgiving, because when you're present around each other, nobody's perfect and we're going to goof up, stick our foot in it or, you know, do something and, you know, forgiving with myself frequently enough because you know, you always second guess yourself. Did I do that right? Or did I just cause a lifelong scar in my daughter? You know, type of thought that goes through your head. But uh, forgiving with, you know, myself, forgiving with the little things that, you know, kids do because they're kids. And, you know, she asked me for whatever for the umpteenth time times 10. Uh, you know, that's her at the stage she's at. And right. learning that forgiveness. And, you know, any relationship needs that. So goes a long ways. I love those three words. They're so simple, but you're right. When you put them together, they're so powerful. Loving, present, and forgiveness. To any of you new dads or you expecting dads out there, I think I've said this one too many times, and I'm going to keep saying it again and again, but being present there for your child, putting yourself in your child's shoes and knowing where it is they're at in life, and where it is they're going, I I feel personally that a lot of us as adults, as human beings, we get so wrapped up in the everyday and we get so wrapped up in the we should know things or the stressors in life even that we forget that our kids are just kids. They're learning and growing. And so are we. But I think putting those together, being loving enough to say, hey, you know, maybe a little bit of that tough love to say, hey, I'm here for you. Why did you do that? You know, I don't hate you for doing that. I still love you, but let's work a way to go through this. Being present, you know, not being on your phone constantly or being distracted or kind of going away and doing your own thing, but just being there, sitting down on the couch together. You know, just today at this day is recording. I'm sitting there with my son 
he's drinking his milk and he's two, but he's just sitting there and we're watching Sesame Street. I'm not on my phone. It's just me and him in that moment. And it's such an unbelievable moment to just do that. And then you hit the big one, forgiveness or forgiving that second guessing ourselves, being strong enough or willing enough to forgive ourselves on the mistakes that we've made, but really taking the mistakes we've made to learn to go further from there. I, I try to take that approach everywhere, you know, with my relationship with my wife and it just, it's, it's a trifecta that works, I guess, because when you bring them and you bring them in that order and you really focus on having a foundation of uh, a loving relationship where you're ready to give, then, you know, the other two kind of flow easily from that. I don't know about easily, but they flow naturally from it. No, I, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, if people are listening to this, the interview that we did just recently with Martin Vasquez, good friend of mine, we talked about building a foundation. The man is the one to build a foundation in the in the household, and then you build the house from there. But you need to have that solid foundation in order to build yourself up as a person and build your children and your family up as I think dads really need to, we're really trying to, at least I see it, really trying to push out of that provider role or build that foundation and really knowing what it is that foundation is to make sure that we're really growing ourselves from that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of our culture gets it wrong in the sense of it's all about ourselves. But if you can find something greater than yourself to found that on, you find just way more um, solidity so to speak, to build on. Yeah. And I, I also agree with that too, but it always seems like we always, we always seem to say, Oh, I'm doing it for my kids. Or, you know, we build ourselves up or we say, I have this passion in life for my kids. I know for me, like my son is a driving motivator for a lot of what I do, but what would you say to somebody in that? That's just says, well, my kid's my only motivator. Look a little bigger in a sense, like not just outside of yourself as in another person, but outside of and above yourself. Like for me, it's, you know, I'm founded in my faith. That's where I find my rock solid foundation and I'll always go there. You know, other people, maybe it's just in giving to others, but that's just, it's harder to find a solid rock there because we all change so much. Right. And that's really, you know, changeless to have that strong foundation. Yeah, I I feel, and I'm going to use an entrepreneurial term here, niching down of what you want your foundation to be, right? When you're too broad, or like you, like you said, like giving to others. Well, that that's a great that's a great saying and a great motto. But what does that really mean to you? You know, and, and I think as new dads and even as those quote unquote as I call experienced dads out there, I think we seem to really forget what our foundation is, but really niching down or really getting grassroots down to what that truly, truly means on what we're going to build that foundation to. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of work for sure, but it's, it's the fight that's worth it. So I, I want you guys to just take that, right? It takes a lot of work, but it's the fight that's worth it. What is that fight worth to you at the end of the day? Does that mean really going down and just saying, I want to be better for my child? Well, what does better mean to you? I, that's a serious question you need to ask yourself. I'm going to do this or I'm going to help others. Well, what does helping others mean for you? Build that foundation first and foremost in what it means for you to be a father, that new father, that expectant father, that even experienced father to those of you listening out there today. 
take what that means, reevaluate, know you're going to know you're going to mess up, but be willing to forgive yourself and to learn from those mistakes and then adapt as it comes from that point. Yeah, you have to know your why. Massive. It's huge. It's knowing your why, but knowing your why deep down enough to where you clear, I don't know, 80, 90% of the fog where you have very little guesswork to really know what path it is you're taking. So I, I want to ask you this, Steve, because I'm very curious. You know, we talked, you traveled the world. We said it a little bit in the beginning. You've been to, I think, like 20 different countries or something crazy like that. I mean, what would you say since traveling the world, what has that shown you as being a father, being now living in the States? I guess, I mean, I traveled a lot more when I was younger uh, for obvious reasons. So, you know, I got to go around and I studied a lot, graduated in my MBA in Paris and stuff like that. So I did have a lot of fun. I wasn't always thinking of things in the perspective of, you know, future family or my kids. But the one thing that I still take to that, to kind of my approach to fatherhood, I'd have to say is there's this perspective that, and animal lovers, please don't kill me. But the, the old expression is, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. I have a way I do things and just because it's my way doesn't mean it's the only way and it doesn't mean it's the best way. So it's just taught me to question and not take everything that I think for granted. Like, you know, just when you go through things, we all think that we're right frequently without actually just saying, Hey, that thought that I just had, Whatever it is, you know, whatever thought flies through our head at the moment, is it true? That's kind of what it taught me. Just question that. Take it back to the playing board again and reevaluate if you have to. Yeah, it's that as, as we talk about on the show, the improvise, adapt, overcome aspect of things, right? Totally. It's like you said, it's it may be my way, but it may not be the best way and it may not be the only way. I love preaching the fact that I am not the smartest man in the room. I will tell anybody that any time of the week, any day of the week, because when you open up that mindset and you say, I don't have all the answers, you start getting a lot more answers than you did just by sitting there and saying, it's my way or it's the highway. And by traveling the world and looking back in retrospect, that's almost what really happened to you as well. I've been very lucky and I have been able to do that. But I mean, that's a lesson that everybody knows. It's it's like an MBA. It's a piece of paper. You mm-hmm. know, when it comes down to doing business, it's the basics. So right. don't hold on to all these preconceived notions. Let go, question, adapt, you know, and grow, like you're saying. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's only going to make you – that only – improvising and overcoming only makes you stronger, not only as a person, but as a father, right? We're so stuck in the worlds of, let's look at it, and I look at it in the aspect of the show, the stigmas of fatherhood that surround us, the mm-hmm. being a provider, the constant struggle of nobody understands where it is I'm coming from. I'm a failure. I'm this. My kids don't love me. I'm never around enough. When is too much? When is enough? Do I have enough time for my spouse? All those words that just flow through our heads constantly. We get so raveled in so much gray area that really, it almost seems impossible for us to really find down what the basics were, right? The, the MBA of business, it's still the basics. That MBA is a piece of paper, but the structure, the foundation, 
everything was built upon that. Yeah, it, totally. And and that's what I've f- fallen in love with about uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, is because it, it does boil down to those basics. And it bare bones version is, are, your, are these thoughts that I'm thinking serving me? So like you're saying, all those different things, you know, popping into your head, am I, am I present for my family? Am I failing as a father? Am I failing at my job? You know, is my confidence tanking because whatever it's, it's taking all those things and policing them and saying, you know what? Unhealthy thoughts are going to lead to unhealthy actions. So how can I stop those thoughts, reorder them and make them serve me rather than pull me down? And, you know, that's that's the building block of CBT right there. You know, when you talk about CBT, and I wasn't I wasn't too much into knowing what CBT was. I had a basic understanding of it, but I never really delved deep. And just seeing a lot of the practices, and we're going to talk a lot uh, a little bit about this more once we go into, but just seeing the basic building blocks, it really goes down to that mindset of all right, take what doesn't serve me. I, I I've shared my story on this podcast countless times. I, I share it all the time. I shared it in the beginning, but I took what wasn't working for me. I cut that out and I went back to who I was in the beginning, but I didn't, I didn't lose who I built. I just made it and I turned it into pieces that were going to serve a greater purpose in myself. And for me, it's always fascinating to see or to really watch somebody go through that process and to really understand like, man, I may have come from a really, really bad situation in my life and just watching that mindset change of, well, just because I was put into this doesn't mean I'm stuck into this. Doesn't mean I have to live this way. I could take what I was and turn it into who I want to be. And really, I mean, that that's what you're saying that really CB, like cognitive behavioral therapy, like as what you're getting into is really, like you said, those building blocks of understanding who you are and where you want to go. Yeah, I mean that's that's essentially just the real basics, you know. Who who am I now? You know, let's look at ourselves honestly. Let's actually question those thoughts we have about ourselves and say, does this serve, you know, who I want to be as a husband, as a father, uh, or just as a man in my life? What am I going to turn around to make that happen? So it's not about denying all the different things, the thoughts, etc. It's just about accepting them and funneling that energy to the right direction. Now you brought this up and I'm really, I'm kind of curious to see how you're going to answer this because I think it might be around the save wavelength of where I'm at, but why do you, why do you think it is that we feel like we try and push off or push off those negative thoughts we have of who we want to be and have a hard time looking at that positive aspect of things? It's just always easier to see the glass half empty often enough. It's easier to go to the fight and flight mode just because that's, you know, as we have developed over the years, that's what's saved us so frequently. It's our basic instincts. When a problem pops up, we fight or we run. And so often enough, it's it's an aggressive response versus and a knee-jerk response versus a thoughtful and in a sense of like a wise mind response. And just taking that back seat and ob- observing that deep breath, you know, where you just go and take a second to find yourself 
I mean, that's it's a lot more work than it sounds like sometimes for certain situations. And, and I think that's why we always tend to the negative, to the quick knee-jerk, uh, react versus think through. We're born and bred into a negative lifestyle. I mean, it, it's how our DNA is ingrained. And I don't know the whole psychology behind it. I'm not going to sit here and claim I do. But it's, it's funny you said that. And this is why I wanted to ask that question. Because I just started reading a book called uh, Indistractable. Because I'm, I'm really working on myself of becoming less distracted and more productive in my life. But they were saying in there how it's ingrained in us to have that fight or flight response to have that negativity bias, right? That, that negative bias on things to say, oh, that's not going to work or, oh, you want to do that or, man, maybe I am a failure and just kind of validating our own negative thought processes instead of really just saying like, no, I am better than this. No, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to start my business and I'm going to thrive and I'm going to, I'm going to survive. And it's almost one of those that if everybody was positive, then really it almost feels like nothing of value would be accomplished. If everyone was positive, nothing of value would be accomplished. I, I, I guess I won't want to. I guess I won't want to word it that way. But it wouldn't have the same merit of you know that that feeling of excellence. And I'm not. I'm not saying that we as people shouldn't look towards a more positive lifestyle. But it's so ingrained in us to be negative that it's almost. It almost seems impossible for us to become positive. But I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, just look at our news cycle. <laughs> anything that's in the news or that gets a ton of clicks on Instagram or um, I was watching an interesting documentary yesterday on the downgrading of humanity through AI. And they were talking about, you know, words like thrash, bash, cream, so-and-so, cream, so-and-so in debate. All those words are just pushed to the forefront and we automatically click on them mm. because those speak directly to our cognitive distortions. You know, I mean, it just it calls to us in a sense on that uh, instinctual level of you know something that's extreme, and so it just it calls to us. But I mean that's that's where excellence is so such a challenge to obtain. I mean, yeah, I, I think if we are we're all positive, I don't know that nothing would get done. I think that we would be more driven in the sense of we would see the the appeal of excellence, and, and maybe we have a different perspective of it, but. Um, I don't see positive as something that leaves you lethargic or like, I'm good, you know, whatever. But rather, you know, it's if I'm positive about this, then, yeah, I'm totally going to pick up and take care of this. You know, I've got confidence that I'm going to be able to accomplish whatever I put my mind to and things like that. Yeah. And that, that was definitely not, not the word usage I, I wanted to put in there as, as a you know, amateur professional pot. No, you're perfectly fine. It's that that one's on me, but it almost feels like see it's it becomes such a thing when you're when you're really working into that positive lifestyle changing out of that negativity but you just see everybody around you like you said the media i mean is the for me i believe that's a major perpetrator 99 percent of it is a major perpetrator of our negativity bias and really where we come from i wouldn't want to say it loses our drive or I, for me it's just one of those things where it's so it almost feels like for a lot of us, it's so impossible to grasp because we hear the we hear the basic words of, oh, just be positive or, oh, just smile or, oh, why are you so negative all the time? Like, it's it's almost like it seems to me like we put a negative spin on being positive, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, oh, just suck it up, you know, get over yeah. yourself. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Make, make it work. Whatever. That's just life, yeah. kid. Yeah, exactly. And it just deters you even more to, it even just deters you even more to really chasing those dreams and those admirations to being like, well, I've wanted to be an astronaut since I was a kid, but now somebody I fully support tells me that's a pipe dream or I'm an idiot or just suck it up. That's life. You have to work a crap janitor job for the rest of your life. Like, it just seems like if there if there was more positivity, I think there would be a bigger shift in life. Absolutely, but it almost seems impossible to get out of that. It it's definitely a a, a strong current to push push against. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Mm. And the perspective of you know a fearless father, I mean, I find myself kind of walking that line all the time. And when when my daughter says something like, "Hey, I want to do this or that," because she's a first grade now, she's getting up, mm-hmm. you know, older. And has more of those dreams. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, you know. And it's the biased her towards positivity, but also cushion the fall for when, if, maybe. And it, it kind of sucks because I find myself doing that all the time. I'm like, well, I've got to give her a dose of realism so that it does, you know, when she does get out there on her own, she doesn't get, you know, too beat up. But I, I don't think that that's the best part of my personality or nature coming forward at that moment i i think that it it is worth the fight to you know say hey if you're gonna put your mind to it you're gonna have to work sure mm-hmm. but you can you can make this happen yeah it's really taking those big goals that you want right the i want to be an astronaut or i want to be let's say even say president of the united states i want to be president of the united states it's like fine i could support that but we have to make small obtainable goals in ourselves mentally, physically, emotionally change more so shift who it is we are and who we want to be to really hit those goals at the end. I I feel like a lot of us, we missed the middle part of making those small attainable goals to hit that major goal at the end of it all. And And I think the shift is really important, like you're saying, because the, how does that saying go? It just says, you know, that, uh, a goal without a deadline is a dream. And a deadline without a goal is a nightmare. And, you know, we have to take concrete steps. And if you just change your trajectory, if you make that shift by a few degrees, years down the road, it's going to have a huge impact. So that that part is important. And it is important to celebrate the small victories, to set those, you know, step-by-step goals and to know where you're going. Really, I mean, everything's working for you. And even if you have that strong goal of, I'm going to do this, like for me, since I was five years old, I wanted to be a video game programmer, a video game developer. I wanted to own my own video game company in my hometown. I was doing that since I was five, but I never took the small shifts. But I kept the mindset of the big goal in mind that said, I'm going to be a video game developer. I'm going to do this. I'm going to own my own video game company one day. And I just kept saying it. But I didn't really start taking the shifts or I didn't really have the strong support until maybe my senior year when I took a first time coding class. But and it wasn't really until I got into college and I really started sitting down with computer design and understanding coding. I I never learned any of it. I never made micro goals for myself to say this is where I want to be in the long run. Now, that taught me a lot about myself, but I really had to sit down and self-realize and self-aware like i could have did this here or i could have did more here for myself had i just made this shift instead of saying oh man i really screwed my life up and i really 
really just failed at everything. I ruined my dream. I took what worked for me. I made those shifts in my life and I made it now to something even bigger, better, and brighter than I would have thought when I was that five-year-old kid. Yeah. And that's, that's totally about, you know, you're reevaluating and you, and you readjust and that's, that's where the learning process comes in. I mean, half of the time we sabotage ourselves by making sure that we keep our goals so big that they're unattainable because taking the small steps is where the work comes in. Yep. And, you know, if we can show up for ourselves the way we show up for other things, I mean, I, I had, my wife has a great coach named Tanya Lee and I eavesdrop on her all the time and she's very oriented towards women and, but she's, she still has awesome points and it's, you know, imagine if you're dating your, yourself and if you were as flaky, <laughs> you know, with all of your own personal goals, yeah. you would totally dump that person. And, and she's like, you know, half of the time we think that we can just flake out on ourselves, flake out on our goals and, and we just don't show up for ourselves. You have to put in the reps. You have to put the reps in on yourself, right? You can't just flake out on yourself, guys. Listen to, listen to what Steve's saying because he's dropping some amazing stuff. I'm taking notes. I say it all the time, but I take notes on these interviews because I learn more out of these interviews. I learn all of this out of talking than if I just said I had all the answers. I did it all. I, I, I know my life, right? I had to go back. I just shared a story that I've never shared with other people. I had to go back on a dream that was huge for me but reevaluate my life and say, I didn't do what I needed to do to be successful in my life and where I want it to be. Do that for yourselves. Take a self-realization audit. See where it is that you may have failed or that you may, or where you could have shifted. And instead of saying, oh man, I failed, take that experience and shift it into something more. Do that for yourself. And start making those small attainable goals. When we're looking at the CBT coaching, as we've talked about, what really made you want to go into becoming a CBT coach and get certified? And how has that really affected you and your parenting for your daughter? For me, it's been huge. Through kind of eavesdropping it on my wife's coach, I heard first about CBT. Then I started studying it more. And it's brutally simple. Like I was saying before, it's finding the thought, policing it and making it work for you instead of against you. And I was just like, well, this is cool. So I started applying it to myself and then just the simplicity of it, it's like I could really help other people. And there's just so many other people out there that I can make an impact on with these small little things that, you know, it's it works to my strengths and I want to be able to love what I do and give to others while using something that builds myself as well for my parenting. It's been, it's been a very big step in the right direction. Uh, I mentioned in kind of passing when we first talked how I'm trying to go from uh, a sense of role that I have to be, you know, the disciplinarian or I have to be dad or the nice guy or whatever. It's not about that. It's, I need to shift, make that mental shift to, I'm a father at all times. And if I live that relationship the right way, I'll be present to my daughter the way I need to, and I'll be able to forgive and grow. So, I mean, just the simple techniques of, you know, taking a breath, 
or noticing your breathing in a moment of my daughter's freaking out because, you know, her shoe has a stick in it. And you're like, <laughs> okay, it's, well, you know, you're just, you're kind of at a loss for words because there's this huge emotion around this thing that, you know, to you as a parent is like, oh my gosh, can you just get over this? <laughs> and being able to know, you know, a basic technique of just, let me take a breath. Let me remind myself that I'm the parent, that I'm the adult, that I don't need to join in that giant feeling that they're having with another feeling just so that we can make this, you know, nuclear explosion really go off. And, you know, just saying, okay, how can you fix that? And trying to guide her through that strong feeling to a positive outcome, you know, that's not one of tantrum, but one of, hey, I figured it out. I picked the stick up and took it out of my shoe. Good for me. You know, and it's a silly example, but it does happen. It may be a silly example, but guess what? It's happened, right? My son, my son's too. and, And he does stuff like that. And I have to remind myself, like he, we're teaching him emotion. We're teaching him to use his words. We're teaching him to understand these things. And I could do the same thing and I could, you know, I could join in the emotion and, and just really, really circumvent the whole situation when all I have to do is just show him, hey, man, you could take the pebble out of your shoe and look at that. We're good to go. We're ready to rock and roll. And then he's happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, it really comes down to that key word, like you said, simple, right? We yeah. joked about it before where people said, oh, just be positive. Just smile. Just, oh, suck it up. Like those are, those are the negative connotations to being positive. But if you use those words, or not even those words, but if you use that technique of being positive is simple. It's a simple building block process like we've been talking about most of this episode. It starts with your self-realization, I fully believe. And I, you know, from just talking with you, it's the same way. But it comes down to that self-realization and just taking those small steps and really putting in those reps. And then on the parenting side, like you said, it's not wearing all these different hats. It's just being present. It's just being yourself. It's being who you are. And maybe not being the full disciplinarian or being the, you know, the full caregiver or what have you, but it's, it's just being present in that moment and adapting to that moment as it comes. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. And I mean, it's, it's all on that first step, like you said, of, you know, being aware of yourself, being able to say, Hey, what am I doing at this moment? Who am I? (laughs) I'm the parent, not the kid. I probably shouldn't join in this and stuff like that. I think we could bring this all around, but I also feel like we get stuck in the past in ourselves and we get stuck in the future of ourselves and we almost kind of forget to be in the now. So when we are put in the now situation, it's almost like we act impulsively on that emotion, that first emotion that comes into our minds because we're never we're never truly in the now, I feel. At least I felt that a lot of my time growing up. I, I agree. I, I think that's the biggest balancing act that we walk as humans um, in a sense to not make it too big of a deal but like living in the present is where it's at we we have our memories and we have our dreams and we can't lose either but there's just this balancing act of bringing your past with you where it's good not being dragged down by it and then not letting your future blind you by its light to the point where you don't see where you're going. 
it's a hundred percent balancing act. So when you're that parent, when you're that new dad, right, it's already a balancing act, taking care of that kid, taking care of that new little one that, you know, I say the new ones, but it's that newborn of the four years, right? Cause it's those toddler years, especially a hundred percent, right? Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Every, it, everything's new at that point. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a learning experience for both you and your child. You're, you're really growing with your child as they're growing and they're learning. And I feel we forget that so much, especially as new dads, especially as those expectant dads, we have these huge dreams of great things for our kids and we're mapping out their futures and we're, we just want to live vicariously through them through X, Y, and Z, but we forget to be in the now we, we see the future we want for our kids. We don't see ourselves and we get so lost in that shuffle where our future does blind where we're going. That That's a great analogy. I love it. I love that. Steve Vol, guys, if you've been listening, I hope you've been listening because we're going in hard on this today. CBT coach, he's been around the world. He's been to different countries. He has been there from janitor to director in a multinational corporation. I mean, he's done it. He's been there. He's working on his dream of being a entrepreneur, a CBT coach, just really making an impact to other people to help them to become stronger, to take those small, simple steps to really becoming the best person that they could be at the end of the day. So Steve, as we're wrapping all this up today for our listeners on the Fearless Fathers podcast, uh, where is it that our listeners can find you if they're interested in more? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook as Modern Day Jeeves. Uh, it's a, just a fun name. Uh, one of my favorite authors, P.G. Wodehouse, wrote a whole series of light romantic comedy about the Bertie Wooster and his man servant Jeeves. So the idea behind it is, you know, a per- gentleman's personal gentleman, help you figure out who you are and where you need to go and just have your back in that sense as a CBT coach. So modern day Jeeves on Instagram and Facebook. And then you can also contact me directly at S-V-O-E-H-L at gmail.com too. Awesome. There you go, guys. So you could find the links to all those in the description of this episode. We'll have that right there for you. So Steve, being a CBT coach or getting working to get your certification to be a CBT coach. Yes. If there, if there was one call to action that you had for our listeners today, what would that call to action be for them? man up uh be a man and stop trying to look like one you know what i mean uh grow a pair own your life own your mistakes and you know figure out where you're going have some direction and and be the man that you need to be for your wife and kids you know own that do the hard work put in the reps like you say don't don't wuss out don't wuss out but be vulnerable enough to not to not wuss out (laughs) I think yeah, it's a big yeah. Right? That, that sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. And that, that's the same thing about owning your mistakes. You know what I mean? If you fall, get up. It's not about falling. It's about fighting. Period. Just put the fight in, man. Don't don't let life kick you, keep you down. Just keep getting up. Get up over and over again. If that's if that's all it comes down to, in a sense, then it's still worth it because you're getting up. I love it. I love it. So I want to thank Steve for being on the Fearless Fathers podcast today. Steve, thank you, Dave. Wrap, absolutely, brother. It was my pleasure. This was a great conversation. This was a lot of great content for our listeners, for us. I took a lot of notes out of this. But one last burning question I have for you today before we wrap all this up. 
Steve, fearless father style, in your own words, what does it mean for you to be a fearless father? I, I think a fearless father is first and foremost a man, not a boy, who finds himself and his wife and his family. That is the most simple definition I've had, but it's the most impactful, guys. I love it. I love it. Man up, be strong enough to wuss out and to be vulnerable and to grow stronger. Steve, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Thank you again, brother, for being on the show today. This was an absolute honor to have you on here. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. It it really has been. Guys, I pray, I hope, I know you took something out of this. We say it all the time. Take, Take what resonates for you in your parenting style and throw the rest out. Whatever doesn't work for you, that's fine. But take what's going to work for you. Mold that into being the best damn fearless father you know you could be at the end of the day. Check us out on fearlessfathers.net. You can say hello to us. Hit us up. Hello at fearlessfathers.net. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Fearless Fathers Podcast. Subscribe, to be, subscribe for our email list. You could be the first for giveaways, contests, new products, that daily motivation just to keep you going as a father to put in your reps, to man up, to be strong enough to be vulnerable, and to keep just kicking it one step at a time, one day at a time. Your kids are learning and growing every single day. Just because you're a dad and an adult does not mean you can't do the same. We are taking this one step at a time, one day at a time, and together we're going to embrace the fear. Thanks for listening, guys. 